Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Joe and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith along with Joe Welke. Running the farm show on this Monday morning. And Jill, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good enough, I guess. Good enough? Yeah, well, the weather on Saturday wasn't the best, so I just ended up spreading poop. Oh. <laughs> That's um just what we wanted to hear. <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm getting kind of tired of it because I do it every weekend. Uh-huh. I'd like to not have to do that every weekend. Have you thought about things. doing it throughout the week, like three times a week, and then that way you don't have to do it on the weekend? No, because I don't have to do it during the week because the calves are in good shape and they're all uh, nice and bedded. I see. It's when some other somebody else brings some cattle in there and it gets all pooped up and then I have to clean it out. So Lovely. Luckily, my uh, son was around this weekend, though, because he is so much quicker at the skid steer than I am. Oh, oh, thank goodness you did mention the skid steer. Well, yeah. I don't use just the fork. (laughs) Well, you never know these days. You might be one of those old school farmers. 
Well, I don't mind. I think everybody should know how to pitch a little bit of that stuff with a fork before they can use a skid steer. Very true. Well, my weekend was pretty good. Saturday, low-key day, kind of just vegged out at home. You know, we stayed in our pajamas almost all day long. And then yesterday, we went out to the woods and hung out outside and enjoyed the weather. It was beautiful out. It was beautiful yesterday. Yep. And then, oh, so this morning it rained. So if you're just getting up and rolling out of bed, it rained. And I leave home, and I knew the deer are going to be out today. Guess what my deer count was today? 14. No, not quite. <laughs> 10. Hey, I was pretty close. And I saw them within the first seven minutes of leaving my house. Wow. I know. So I was like on deer watch. So then on the, you know, my main drag, you know, through the county forest, I had one raccoon and I slowed down for him. So I didn't hit him with my car. He stood on the side of the road and hunched up his hackles at me (laughs) like a cat. Thought for sure you hit him. No, I did not. No, he was. I was trying to be nice and respectful of Mother Nature. What do I get in return? It was like it was like a mad cat like hissing at me. Oh, he wasn't very happy with you that time of the morning. You disturbed whatever he was doing. I slowed down. He There was no disturbing his peace at all. And then I saw two cats. So 10 deer, two cats, two dead skunks, and a living raccoon. Oh, nice. And I didn't hit any of them. <laughs> so it was an interesting drive-in. But as I said just a little bit ago, it is a little damp outside this morning. We're looking at showers this morning. And then it's actually going to clear off a little bit and just be cloudy this afternoon. But then... Cloudy and thunderstorms tonight. Tomorrow, kind of the same thing, showers and thunderstorms. However, there is a chance of hail tomorrow because we're looking at a higher temperature. Wednesday, cloudy, and then Wednesday night, chance of rain again. So we're kind of in that goofy time of year, that fall season, when hunters are looking to get out in the woods and we're just going to rain. But if you look at next weekend's forecast, I think we might get a four-letter word that starts with an S. Ooh, yuck. Yeah, not maybe not right here, but up north, I bet they will. Well, Rice Lake had some snow earlier this Oh, you last said week. the word. Yeah. Everybody knows what you're talking about. But There's you no don't want to say it. Why? It's like jinxing it. Now it's going to happen. Yeah, but there was like, I don't know, quite a few years ago, like on the 21st, we had a whole bunch of snow. <laughs> so we made it past the 21st without a whole bunch of that stuff. So every day without it is a good day for me. Maybe we're not on Earth. Maybe we're somewhere else. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Joe Diffie had it right. Maybe. But we are the third rock from the sun right here on Wednesday one in the morning to kick off this Monday morning. Good morning again. And if you're just rolling in with us, guess what? It's wet outside. Little bit of rain. Nothing crazy, though. Just enough. And Jill, we've got some interesting news. Hunting is going on. It is going on. We got bow season right now, and then we're going to be going into rifle. And what's going on with the fall bow season? Well, the Wisconsin DNR is cautioning hunters to avoid placing deer stands in or near ash trees. And I will attest, I've got some ash trees in my yard. Oh, they're going to take them down. Well, they've passed on. They need to be taken down, but they're the big ones. They're not those little ones that you can kind of just push where you want to. I prefer they didn't land on my house. So, Well, most ash trees in the southern half of Wisconsin, Door County, and the Mississippi River counties are dead or dying from emerald ash borer infestation. They say it's important to place and maintain tree stands carefully as trees infested with that emerald ash borer may unexpectedly snap or drop large branches. Hunters should also be cautioned around 
ash trees when the ground on the ground, especially in windy conditions, as infested trees have, are susceptible to branch and stem breakage. Tree branch accidents are the leading cause of serious in- injury to deer hunters. You know, we never hear about that part. Mm-mm. We always hear about the ones that have the heart attacks or stuff like that. Or an accidental, you know, discharge of a firearm or right. and stuff th- like that. I think it's very important to mention that just being out in the woods and falls are one of the biggest things that mm-hmm. happen. And it shows that one in four bow hunters have experienced a fall or near fall from an elevated stand. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. How many times do you walk through the woods or you're just walking, like, even through town? Because I live in Nilsville, so we walk up and down the streets. And every once in a while, after a nasty windstorm, you look up and you're like, there's a big branch hanging. Yeah, if I looked around my yard again and I've got another one that broke off, that's what seems to be what's happening lately Mm -hmm. is I'll get one of the top branches breaking off so yeah the widow makers i take and hook it on the tractor and yank (laughs) (laughs) you know okay so we are talking about trees i gotta tell you this funny story so for my son's birthday back in june he got this frisbee and it's um circular obviously it's circular but the middle is gone so it's just like the outside ring of a frisbee and it's kind of rubbery and it really gets some distance so they're flinging it around this weekend in town it was not working because it flies too far so they said, well, can we take it out to grandma and grandpa's house this weekend when we're outside? I'm like, absolutely. Kids come in the house after like 10 minutes of playing. It's stuck in the tree. I'm like, all right, I'll get it down. It's in the tall tree. And I'm like, okay, well, well, see what I can do. And they're like, well, it's almost at the top of the tree. <laughs> okay. So then grandpa says, well, grab the broom, you know, fling it up in there. And the broom is heavy enough. It'll fall down. Oh, it was like 25, 30 feet up into this tree. There's no broom in the world that is going to hit that. So then they're like, well, maybe we can get a rope. And then my son says, he's eight. He says, can we hook a rope to a bow and arrow and shoot it through it and knock it down? I said, no, doesn't work that way. So my husband, after we left, he came in from the woods. He climbed the tree halfway and then took his. Um, those saw extenders, you know, like to trim branches and stuff. You can extend them and extend them and then you can cut branches. Yeah. <laughs> he used that. He's like, I had 12 feet and I barely caught it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he told my son after he got home and showed him the Frisbee. He's like, how'd you get it down? He's like, I paid a bird. <laughs> I don't think he did, but well, it was it was cute, though. You never know. You know, you get a hawk up there. You get a eagle. Mm-hmm. Eagle, eagle. Eagle, eagle, come on, please. <laughs> oh, but yeah, Grandpa says as long as we didn't take the chainsaw to the tree, he's okay with it. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, we've got a whole lot more coming up this morning here on Wax. So we talked about bow season, and guess what? We're going to be talking about interest rates. You who wants to hear about that? But it is going to be some interesting information, and we're going to be talking about taters. Because who doesn't love hearing about potatoes? That's all coming up, plus more right here on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, if you're just tuning in with us this morning, guess what? It is going to be an interesting few days. We've got rain pretty much every day in the forecast. Today it's going to be showers this morning, and then it's going to, you know, kind of dissipate a little bit. But then tonight, chance of thunderstorms. We're at 48 degrees right now up here in Eau Claire. Looking at a high of 60 degrees today, tonight low of 51, tomorrow, get out those t-shirts, 70 degrees, Wednesday 63 
being cloudy, but then Wednesday night, rain comes back. 501 on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's check in this morning with some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. President Biden and Pope Francis are discussing the conflict in the Middle East. The White House says the two leaders spoke by phone Sunday about the latest developments in Israel and Gaza. Along with condemning the attack by Hamas on Israeli civilians, the White House says the president affirmed the need to protect civilians in Gaza. And the Vatican said the Pope stressed the need to identify paths to peace. Israel's military is again urging Palestinians civilians to leave northern Gaza to avoid being caught up in the expected fighting. During a Sunday briefing, a senior IDF spokesman warned, you are risking your lives if you do not leave. He also noted one Israeli soldier was killed and three more wounded in a raid targeting Hamas fighters near the border. Israel's military said earlier it's intensifying attacks as it prepares for an expected ground invasion. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy is backing House Majority Whip Tom Emmer to take over the gavel. We got a wide open southern border. We got crushing inflation. We got war in the Middle East. This is not a moment in time to play around with learning on the job. Speaking on NBC's Meet the Press, McCarthy said the Minnesota congressman knows how to do the job. Former President Trump says Sidney Powell was never his attorney following Powell's plea deal in the Georgia election interference case. In a post on Truth Social, Trump said that despite fake news reports to the contrary, that Powell was not his attorney and never was. Powell pleaded guilty to six misdemeanor counts last week after reaching a plea deal. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, it's that time of the morning. We're almost five minutes after five o'clock, and guess what? If interest rates haven't been giving you the heebie-jeebies already, the Fed has indicated it will raise those rates again before the end of the year. However, Wisconsin Bankers Association Ag Lending Chair Craig Rogan says rates will likely start to soften following the hike. Rogan's a vice president, is one of the vice presidents of ag lending at Nicolay National Bank, says despite these high interest rates, farm clients are continuing to move forward with expansions and improvements. Second quarter 2023 data from the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation show that Wisconsin banks remain on a solid foundation. Lending increased in all categories commercial, residential, and in farm. Farm loans increased both year-over-year 8.5% and quarter-over-quarter 26.2%. Isn't that... I can't believe it's gone up that much. That is quite a quarter-over-quarter. That's a huge jump. 26.2%. Well, I think certain facets of farming still has enough money, but they look at it as an investment in the future, Mm -hmm. is the way I always have looked at it, and... And you got to keep the keep the wheels going if you're going to keep making money on it, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I know when you see that they indicate that they're going to raise those rates again, I'm like, oh, no. I mean, you hate to see them go up higher. But then you talk to like the older generation, like your parents and such. They sit there and say, actually, the interest rates are low right now. We've seen them actually higher. Yeah. In the 80s, I remember. Well, yes, you don't remember. I get that. 
Huh. But I Thank remember <laughs> in the 80s where the interest rates were ferocious. Mm-hmm. And we, um, the farm, my parents didn't do a lot of expansion, but there was a lot of land that came up for sale at that time. Yeah. So they bought land parcels, they bought farms, but then um, it we didn't, they didn't do a lot of uh, improvements on the farm. They were just, you know, snatching up that land as it became available. Yep. Yeah. So, but anyway, interest rates are going to be going potentially up because it says it will indicate that they will raise. So it's not for sure yet. But hey, we still need stuff. You still have to, you know, fix up your home if something happens. You know, your car all of a sudden, you know, you're driving around that 1982, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that one. Ford you Fairlane. might have to be upgrading soon. <laughs> But, I mean, everything happens for a reason. So you look at it now. Yes, you know, but what I always say, what goes up must come back down. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Because I'd like to go out there and buy a new pickup, and they haven't come down very fast. All right away. You need another new truck. Another? Oh, yes. I haven't had a new one yet. Oh, okay. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. We got your weather, news, and markets coming up next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's that time in the morning to check in with some weather. Today is going to be showers this morning, and then it's going to be a cloudier day with a high of 60 degrees. Tonight it's going to be cloudy with a chance of thunderstorms, a low of 51. Tomorrow, showers and thunderstorms throughout the day. Possible hail in those thunderstorms, so be aware of that. But we are looking at a high of 70 degrees. Tomorrow night, again, showers and thunderstorms, low of 55. Wednesday is going to be a cloudy day with a high of 63, and then Wednesday night, there is another chance of rain, low of 55. Temperatures around the area right now, we're at 41 degrees up in Medford. La Crosse is at 47. Marshfield's at 40 degrees. Green Bay is at 38 degrees. Rice Lake is at 46. Wausau, 39. Madison's at 45, and Milwaukee's at 43 degrees. Fun fact, here in Eau Claire, we're at 48. We're actually warmer than Milwaukee. That does not happen very often. So, 48 degrees right now, looking for a high of 60. Your morning markets are coming in next, and they'll be brought to you by... Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And this morning's markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance, and Jill, lead us off for the morning. And here are cash livestock numbers. Choice-fed beef steers are 174 to 187, with mixed steers at 118 to 173. Choice fed beef heifers are 174 to 187 with mixed at 110 to 173. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 140 to 184. Choice fed Holstein steers are 154 to 168 with select and silage fed steers 123 to 153. Cows are 80 to 97 with a top of 125. Bulls are 110 to 121. Butcher hogs are 30 to 78 with sows at 26 to 34 and boars at 13 to 18. New crop market lamps are 150 to 183. Feeder lamps are 95 to 220. Ewes are 30 to 130. Small goats are 5 to $165. Medium goats are 10 to $200. Large goats are 85 to $485 with nanny goats at 25 to $280. Thank you, Jill. And switching over to that mercantile exchange, your live cattle for December's at 184.62, down 67 cents. February's at 187.72, down $1.22. April's at 19042 down a dollar and a quarter. Feeder cattle for November's at 24222 down 227. January's at 24305 down 232. March is at 24572 down 255. 
Lean hogs for December's at $66. That was down $2. February's at $70.42, down $1.90. April's at $76.90, down $205. Switching over to that Chicago Board of Trade, your December corn was up just a fraction on the overnight to $4.96. Your December oats was up a penny at $3.83. November beans slid down a little bit, down 6 at $12.95. December soybean meal was down 410 at 41980 a ton. Your December wheat was up a fraction at 586. Switching over to that dairy side, barrel cheese was up a penny to $1.71. Your blocks took a little dive on Friday, down two and a half cents to $1.78 and three quarters. Double A grade butter was down three and three quarters cent to 336. And those class three futures. October was up a penny on Friday to 1688. And then November turned it around, down 34 cents to 18.12. December down 33 cents to 18.09. January down 35 cents to 18.15. February was down 23 cents to 18.40. And then the markets were double digits downward into next fall. That's a look at your morning markets here on Wax 104.5. We're almost 15 minutes after. And we'll have some more weather, news, and markets all coming up next. 15 minutes after that 5 o'clock hour. And guess what? About 90% of the potato crop is out of the ground in Wisconsin, according to the latest crop progress report from the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service. The word from growers is that the crop is looking at above average results in terms of yield and the size of the spuds. And according to Mike Carter, CEO of Bushman's Incorporated out of Rosholt and chairman of Potatoes USA, he says the challenge is to make sure that there's demand to match this year's supply. As we all know, Idaho is the largest potato producing state in the United States. Washington is in second, Wisconsin number three, Oregon is fourth, and North Dakota in fifth. I I guess I don't know the size of the spud. What's the biggest potato you've ever seen? Oh, I don't know. I usually just peel them. <laughs> you just peel them. I mean, I've seen ones that are like, you know, good size. I mean, like softball size. Oh, yeah, I've seen bigger than that, I think. But usually we get, I get the potatoes out of a, like a 50-pound bag. Oh. And I'm sorry, they might come from, I don't know if they come from Wisconsin or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think just, we will forgive you because, I mean, honestly, when you hear potato, you go, the Idaho potato. Well, and I need a certain kind to make uh, lefsa. Oh, yes. Watery potatoes oh, do that not is so good. work for lefsa. You have to have them kind of mealy. 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 <laughs> well, they're good. And like I said, I buy those 50-pound bags, and usually I burn through them pretty good. Yeah. I know. That is really good. You might have to bring in more if you make some of that. I think I gave you lefsa last year, didn't you I? You did. It was really good. <laughs> I've never had it before. And guess what? I've, we've never heard of this person before. I'm not even going to pronounce his name. We're going to let Bob handle that. He had a chance to speak with an Uzbekistan dairy farmer. They were visiting, and yeah, I at, I, I can't Wor- even pronounce his name. Yeah, well, they were at World Dairy Expo. Mm-hmm. So I think there was quite a few that came up, even up this direction, for some farm tours. Yeah. So, no, we'll be hearing from Bob Bosold. He'll be joining us next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. At World Dairy Expo, the world truly does come to Madison for World Dairy Expo. Almost 100 countries show up, including Uzbekistan. And Oybek Tajmatov is with us from Uzbekistan. And uh, Oybek, first of all, place Uzbekistan on the map of Asia. Where exactly are you? 
Uh, Uzbekistan is neighboring countries, like one of the double locked country in the world. We have like only two. As Luxembourg and Uzbekistan, so we don't have access to see its neighboring between Kazakhstan, Afghanistan, Tajikistan, and Kyrgyzstan. So people usually missing up and saying like Afghanistan when it's talking about Uzbekistan or Pakistan. It was like we are kind of neighbors, but completely different countries, uh, different culture, and everything is pretty much different. And it is a democratic country. And you've got independent businesses that are up and running successfully. How important is agriculture in general in Uzbekistan? And what goes on in agriculture in your country? Uh, in Uzbekistan, the agriculture is one of the biggest business. It's a country based on that one. So we have like the plants that growing cotton and some beans and stuff, exporting that, the vegetables, fruits, it's like probably pretty much important for the country because people are working on that one. Plus, of course, people having like private business like we have, we have like uh, cross-sector group in different spheres, we have cement plants, we do have like dairy farm, one of the biggest one in the country, we have uh, 1,500 cattle, and we have the milk processing plant, so it's a good working, like no problems, everything is peaceful, so working developing the business and it's like government supporting us from each and every side all right we'll talk about that but as far as your climate is concerned is it a, is it a warm climate do, do you have cold winters it sounds to me like you can grow a lot of different kinds of crops uh yeah we we have like uh, the climate in uzbekistan is like going from plus 120 to minus 15 to 20 Wow, that's even worse than it is here in the wintertime, that's for sure. Well, where do you export? As you mentioned, you're a landlocked country, one of only two in the world. Landlocked country, how do you sell? Do you sell to your neighbors? Uh, do you have routes to get to ports to ship other parts of the world? Uh, usually we're using like, trucks if you're selling. Uh, we sell like many products to Europe. We produce, for example, ourselves, we produce like over 70 named product, like processed milk product. Mm-hmm. So we're exporting that in neighboring countries. We sell that in Europe, usually going by truck or plane. So you've got you mentioned that on the dairy that's part of your company, fifteen hundred cows. What what kind of a, a system do you have as far as uh, as a dairy operation, a dairy farm itself, as far as uh, you know, milking systems and uh, feeding systems, ventilation systems. Obviously, one hundred and twenty degrees down to minus fifteen, you got to have some ventilation in there. I would assume it's a very modern country or a very modern operation. Yeah, we do have like pretty much good system. We bought all materials from Europe, so all machines are coming from Europe. Mainly, we're getting something from China because China is not that far away from Uzbekistan. But mainly, yeah, we're getting European products and installed it, Im- implemented in our system because the because of climate. So it's like going from hot to minus. Um, milking is a big problem because here, if people are getting like. 80 pound, 100 pound per cow per day. We, we're getting like up to 60, 70, maybe 80 pound. So it's big different. Uh, it's because of like, first of all, like as we see in US, people are like the fifth generation, second generation of farmers. In our case, we like first or second because like people didn't do the, like commercial farming. It was like small homemade farms. It's like many people have that because Uzbekistan so far have 15 million cattle in the country. Is that an increasing number? Are there getting to be more dairy farms over there, or has it got to be kind of a corporate structure such as yours? Uh, no, it's main one is of course is like people are living in the village side. They holding like at home, carrying like two, three, four cattle. 
just for milk. Mm. And we as a, we have a processing plant since we like processing milk. We could process 100 tons milk per day by processing that one. So the local farmers are bringing to, to our f- f- plant and selling that one. We're buying from them and process and sell them as an end product. Tell me about your processing. Is this fluid milk? Are you making cheese? You're making yogurt? What kind of uh, processing? What kind of product is your milk ending up in? Uh, we process like and we, we process for the yogurt. We produce like four types of it for the little babies up to adults and like uh, then we do the cheese milk itself uh, different type of like kefirs and stuff like that it's we produce we produce like process like a dry milk sure powder yeah powder yeah so we'll produce that one as well you mentioned earlier that the, the government uh, helps you out a few subsidies do they subsidize the dairy industry and and how does that work in Uzbekistan uh, they helping they helping us with the land uh, yeah, they're giving some subsidies for some products and, like, helping to develop it. Of course, the government trying to support our industry, but we're here to get experience and see how it's working here, to get the experience from U.S. That is, like, second generation is long-term, that we want to take it from U.S. and put it in our country and develop it there. So, of course, we'll invest in that one, and government will support us on this. I was going to say, my question, you're at uh, visiting again with Oybek Tojmatov from Uzbekistan here at World Dairy Expo. Are there some specific pieces of technology that uh, you are looking at here at World Dairy Expo? Uh, just uh, modernization of the industry, things you can take home to modernize your industry at home. Oh, the technology in our in our specifically our farm is pretty much modern because it's there for like six years, maybe only six or five years. It's pretty much new. And uh, for us, it's we want to see and get like experience of like, for example, here's like different type of climate you have. How are you controlling that the level? Because when the uh, temperature going from like six, like let's say 120 to minus 20, the it kind of stress for cattle and dairy farmers too. Yeah, that's a big stress. So for example, when you're getting like uh, 80 gallons or like 100 gallons, then at the moment you start getting like 40, 30, it's kind of struggling with that one. And that's when I see how people working here. What what type of meal they giving? What what meal they provide? Because in our case, the meal is different. Because bringing soy being it's like soy uh, soy meal is pretty much complicated, but we're talking about that one, and we planning to build the crushing plant in Uzbekistan. We now in the process of negotiation with local companies mm-hmm. to do that in Uzbekistan because soy meal that's kind of not big problem, but problem all over the world from our side. Mm-hmm. Here, like no problem, you have everything is all good. That's, we've got soy meal, that's for sure. What is the, the basic ration of a dairy cow over there? As you said, you're trying to get soy meal. Do you, do you raise maize or corn, uh, alfalfa for hay, haylage, grass? What, kinda, what do you feed the dairy cows over there? We do everything. Basically, we have our farm, we have nowadays, like I believe it's on some, some, something like 30,000 acres of land that we're growing, like barley, alfalfa, we trying to get the hydroponic system to get like better level, like high level quality meal for the cows and it. So we grow in everything as possible to grow and feed the animals to improve them. Now, do you worry about you process your own milk and, and sell the finished product? But for others, is there a milk price in Uzbekistan? Like, if you buy another pro- another dairy producer's milk, how do you figure out the price and what kind of what kind of price is the milk bringing in Uzbekistan? 
it's difficult to say in gallons because people say here or in pounds. Hundred pounds, or how do you how do you price it? How do you? I don't know how here it's uh, priced per hundred weight, and I don't know what you do in Uzbekistan. But uh, is there a price, or it doesn't sound like it's something that's a concern over in Uzbekistan over there because uh, you don't have that many small producers that uh, that are relying on that uh, milk check that sell their milk to you. Uh, yeah, we buying like, a lot. Because, like, obviously we cannot produce everything ourselves because we have, like, 1,500 cattle, but it's not enough. Uh, normally, the price per gallon, like, I can tell the price per liter. And it will be, like, from 40 to 45 cents mm-hmm. per one liter. I think it's similar to U.S. price. Yeah, that is similar. 100, 100 gallon, we talked yesterday with one farmer, and they said, like, we, we, we're getting, like, 18 to $20 for 100, gallon, uh, 100, 100 pounds, sorry. We counted that it's roughly the same numbers that we have. That's interesting. As you go forward, are you seeing an increase in the number of dairy farms? Like you said, you got 1,500, but you need more milk than that. Are you seeing an increase in the number of dairy farms in Uzbekistan? Yeah, definitely. People are opening new, new farms, the big one. And usually it's like going up to 1,000 mm-hmm. normally, but we want to extend ours. We, we're planning to go up to... Uh, 4,000, maybe 5,000 cattle. That's quite a bit, Four and 5,000 cattle. Thank you so much, Bob, for visiting with Oybek. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. I am sorry. He is an Uzbekistan dairy visitor. He was at World Dairy Expo, so that was a cool update. Thank you so much, Bob. And it's that time of the morning. we got to keep moving along. We've got your morning markets coming in next. Rocky Olson, he'll be joining us soon. Time to check in with Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock and with the Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. So did we get any deer over the weekend? No. No. We, uh, we attempted, but uh, ain't really been moving too much during the daylight yet. I'm sure it's going to flip one of these days. But... I saw 10 deer on my drive-in this morning. Okay. In the first seven minutes. Yep. Just don't <laughs> want to take too close of a look at them when you're driving in. Oh, you know, I... I, I saw the first one, and I'm like, ooh, the deer are moving. And then I saw number three, four, and five, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long drive. And then I got into the forest, not one deer the whole way up. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. I like to see them just in the ditches, you know. Any bucks? Walking the opposite direction of me. Yep, any bucks? Uh, you know, I didn't see any horns, just the does, and there was a smaller fawn. Gotcha. So... But anyway, catch us up. What's going on at Premier Livestock? You've got a busy week coming up. Yes, we do. Thank you, Kristen. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, last week's market shaped up. We had a really busy week last week. Uh, we sold 3,850 head. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 155 to 167. Selects from 140 to 154. The choice beef up to $1.83. Market cows steady. High yielding cows from 105 to 123. Many from 80 to 104. High yielding market bulls from a dollar to a dollar twenty-three. Organic market cows sold every Monday. High yielding from a dollar twenty to a dollar fifty-eight. Lower yielding one nineteen and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves uh, traded strong, mostly from two hundred and fifty to five hundred and ninety-five dollars per head. Your beef dairy cross calves from three fifty all the way up to eight hundred. Feeder cattle auction held last Tuesday. We sold over eight hundred head of feeder cattle, most of new crop calves from two dollars to 290 those heavier yearling type from 140 to 240 most holstein steers on a light test from 120 to 210 
Wednesday we got our, had our dairy cattle auction. Uh, top cows from 19 to 24.50. Top spring and heifers 18 to 23.50. This week uh, dairy cattle auctions. Uh, we got two of them. We got a dairy heifer auction, a special monthly dairy heifer auction Tuesday. Uh, expecting uh, four to five hundred head of dairy heifers. Really got some fancy consignments. If you're buying or selling dairy heifers, uh, this looks like a very good sale. Lots of out of state buyers. Just keep in mind next heifer sale will be bouncing around that thanksgiving time might be a little better market this month than next month then wednesday we got two elite fancy registered holstein tie stall herd uh, we got pictures we got catalogs online if you're looking for some of the best of the best in the tie stall cows deep pedigreed cows you certainly want to look at what we got coming up for the sale this wednesday lots of other fancy consignments as well as them two feature herds Full list with all the details at Premier Livestock and Auctions dot com. Questions, give us a call at Premier seven one five two two nine twenty five hundred. Reminder: November third, large farm machinery auction. This is your last week to get consignments in. We'll be taking consignments Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Friday being our last day to get your items in so we can get them pictured. We get them advertised here, guys, nationwide buyers through EquipmentFacts.com. Any questions, like I said, once again, give us a call, uh, 715-229-2500. And, Kristen, that's how it's shaped up. Excellent. Sounds good. You have a great day, and we'll catch you tomorrow. You too. Thank you. There he goes, Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock this morning. And now we got to check in with our 13 first alert meteorologist, Derek Dahlman. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, Kristen. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you as well. And I've got a couple jokes for you. Fire away. Okay, what do you eat when you're stuck in cold weather and angry about it? Hmm, I don't know that one. A burger. <laughs> That's my kind of joke right there. <laughs> So I take it you love cheeseburgers in Wisconsin. I love cheeseburgers. I love cold weather. I love snow. So that whole combination works out great. <laughs> okay. Well, now I do have one that's going to, and you're going to jump right into the weather with this one. Okay. Because of our forecast. Why does Snoop Dogg need an umbrella? Uh, I don't know. Faux drizzle. Oh, dang it. I... <laughs> I, I I wanted to say because he makes it rain, but that didn't make sense. And I've seen that joke before. Now I'm frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, full drizzle. I'm like, oh, that's going to be perfect because it's raining in the morning. Well, I tell you what, we got lots of faux drizzle in the forecast. <laughs> More in the way of actually uh, numerous shower and storm chances through the week. But for today, we do have rain chances through the morning hours. Things will dry up this afternoon. A mix of clouds and sunshine will be breezy. Our high temperature makes it up to around 60. Meanwhile, for tonight, partly to mostly cloudy, we do have a chance of scattered showers and storms are moving in especially late couple which may produce large size hail lows around 51 and then for tomorrow we are tracking rounds of showers and storms throughout the day again could see a couple of strong to severe storms large hail the primary threat our high does make it up to around 70 we'll feel a touch muggy out there as well and then finally for wednesday maybe an early shower but outside of that uh, much of the midweek does look to stay dry we'll have cloudy skies and high temperatures into the low 60s right now in eau claire it's currently 47 degrees i'm 13 First Alert Meteorologist, Derek Dahlman. So how much weather, or I should say rain, do you 
anticipate us to get over the next few days? Uh, through Wednesday evening, it looks like a widespread half inch to an inch and a half across western Wisconsin. And then okay. we're still kind of monitoring how much rain we're going to see on Thursday. But Thursday actually looks to be more of the soggy day, widespread heavy rain. And uh, just keep it here. We'll definitely have to fine tune that. And then maybe some wet snow showers this weekend. Ugh, wet snow showers. Well, you know, it had to come at some point. And of course, it seems to always come around Halloween. Because ah. it's scary. <laughs> it is scary. Very scary. And speaking of scary, you know, it's going to be Halloween here before you know it. What is a mummy's favorite type of music? Rap music? Oh, you got it. Yeah, Rap. I knew that one. <laughs> ah, see? Good, good. See, I knew I could get you one today. Well, I appreciate it. I feel better <laughs> about that earlier joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drizzle, you're going to use that with Alex coming up next. I am. I'm going to work that in somewhere. Oh, you should. <laughs> All right, Derek, you have a great day, and we will catch you later on. Sounds great. Have a good one. You too. There he goes, our 13 first alert meteorologist, Derek Dahlman, this morning. And we've got a lot more coming up, more markets. We'll be touching base with markets. And, well, I just said markets, but a different kind of market, too. So we've got a lot coming up right here. Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 20 minutes before 6 o'clock, Morgan McCarthy joins us now. Good morning, Morgan, and catch us up. What's going on in the news today? Good morning. Coming out of a weekend and into a new week, we begin with an Eau Claire woman looking at another OWI arrest with kids in the car as a state patrol arrested Rochelle Oslin about 3.30 yesterday morning at the corner of Wisconsin and Madison. State troopers say she failed a field sobriety test and had kids under the age of 16 with her at the time. Court records show it's a third OWI arrest, her license already revoked. In other headlines from the courts, Travis King's lawyers are promising to fight the case against him. King, who was originally from Racine, is facing those desertion and child pornography charges in military court. He He's the American soldier, of course, who ran across the border into North Korea in July. Now, uh, King's legal team says they want him free from custody and return to his unit until his trial can begin. Meanwhile, the woman accused of killing her friend with eye drops will face a jury this week. Jesse Kurchiski's trial set to begin in Waukesha today. Investigators say she poisoned her friend with eye drops in 2018 and also stole nearly $300,000 from that same friend. She told police her friend was suicidal and a drug addict. Her trial could run through the end of next month. Well, the plan to spend a half billion dollars in taxpayer money on the Brewers' ballpark rounds the bases. Could be a done deal by the end of the week. They're looking to bring it home at the Wisconsin state level with the Senate scheduled to vote on a funding package when. Wednesday. Lawmakers say the AA want to add a few things before the vote, including a likely tax on non-brewer events at the ballpark. Now, Governor Evers and leaders in Milwaukee are on board with the plan. The brewers are promising to stay in Milwaukee until 2050 if the deal is approved. And of course, if we move from the diamond to the field, not such a great one yesterday. Maybe you turned the game off. Wasn't so bad there after a while, but uh, eventually falling on that 1917 loss with a Jordan Love interception and less than two minutes to go. Yeah, you were there. You know, I don't have to tell you the Denver won. Next up, we go purple. Green Bay plays the Vikings next week. And if you took your eyes off of the game for a break, did you look up to the sky and see a UFO? Pentagon officials say they've received over 270 new reports over an eight-month span. The Defense Department this past week released a new report to Congress saying 274 new UFO sightings have been reported to the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which leads the government's efforts to document and analyze such sightings. Sean Kirkpatrick, who oversees the office, says the vast majority are benign objects 
such as balloons or drones, but that some may be the result of America's adversaries trying to spy on the U.S. The Pentagon says the majority of the reports came from military service members and commercial airline pilots. I'm Scott Carr. Away from the sky and boots on the ground, the chores have to get done no matter what's flying around. We better head back there now with Kristen Smith, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thank you so much, Morgan, for that news update. You know, Jill, I've got to ask, do you believe in UFOs? I believe there are things floating around out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that there are is life anywhere else because, you know, how can you prove it? Mm-hmm. But I am very fascinated by about the planets that I see in yeah. the sky. What about I, you? You know, it, it, it was in a movie once, and I remember her saying it. It would be an awful waste of space if we were the only living things out there. Well, I think there probably is somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. How, 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 the thing is, we'll never know for sure. Yeah. Does it really matter? I think it's just kind of neat to think about it, to see, like, you know, I mean, like, we've, we've gone to the moon. We haven't gotten to Mars yet. But I think it would be neat to, like, send something farther out to see. You know, I mean, and we never will because, I mean, the Milky Way is so many millions and light years away. But right, it just well, would be neat to to know. They did send explorers that made it out for quite a ways. Um, not human explorers, but mm-hmm. the, the, I don't even know what they call them Wasn't right it, though? It was the Mars rover. I know they went to Mars, but I don't know the other one. Yeah, there was one that went farther than that. Hmm. So, but yeah, no, um, I don't know that I'm smart enough or patient enough to do some of that sort of thing. So I'm just going to keep looking at the stars and the planets in the sky. Well, I'm going to get involved with Star Trek or Star Wars and we're going to get one of those little ships that, pshoom, you know, beam me up, Scotty, and light years away. Yeah, you go for that, girl. I, I, that would be exciting. It would be fun. And speaking of fun, guess what? We've got Jim Lindsay joining us from the Equity Altoona Barn. Good morning, Jim, and catch us up. How'd that sale go on Friday? Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar eighty to three oh eight. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar seventy to two sixty five. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar seventy to two seventy four. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar sixty to two twelve. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar forty five to two ten. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar thirty five to a dollar sixty. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, November 3rd. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about our register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thanks, Jim, for that update, and you have a great day as well. And now we've got Jerry Fitzgerald from the Stratford Equity Barn joining us now. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a good morning to you and Jill. And, uh, well, maybe before we go any further, you should explain to the folks what kind of a T-shirt have you got on this morning. <laughs> so it's the spirit of Halloween. It oh. says it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess we'll leave it at that. I was trying to... <laughs> I was watching you on TV, and I'm trying to figure out, oh, man, what kind of a shirt is she wearing today? But you're not right. Halloween is what? Next week. So yep, next week, Tuesday. Okay, and you got all the uh, pumpkins carved, and uh, you're going to leave Bob something scary tomorrow morning, right? Nope. I think Jill will do that. But pumpkin carving, we usually do right before, just because with all the rain coming, too, I don't want my pumpkins to shrivel. So I'll wait until huh. this weekend, and then we'll, you know. I well, want nice, were- full pumpkins, not shriveled up. You know, scary ones. I want happy, yeah. happy pumpkins. 
I don't know about uh, over in your part of the world yesterday, but we got a very, a very well, not a killing frost. I would say it was. We had 29 degrees here yesterday morning here at the house here. So Yeah, it was know. chilly out. Yep. So, well, we better get to what we're uh, supposed to be doing here this morning, telling the folks about what's going on here at Equity Stratford. How about we do that? Sounds good. Take it away. Thank you, Kristen, and a very good morning to everyone. Uh, this will be the uh, market schedule here at Equity Stratford this co- uh, coming week. Of course, we do get started this morning, Monday morning, 10 o'clock start time on the market auction. And we'll sell those cows this morning along with fed cattle and bulls, baby calves today at 1130. And just a brief look back at last week, uh, cow market mostly steady last week. Uh, uh, high-yielding fleshy cows last week selling mostly from 96 to 116. Extreme top last week on the cow market here in Stratford did reach 128. That was on some very, very fancy beef cows that we did have on Wednesday sale. Most of the cows last week sold between 70 and 95, and your thinner cows below 70. Uh, as we mentioned, calf market will start this morning at uh, 11.30 last week. Continue to be very, very strong in the bull calves. Uh, most of those bull calves were 250 to 470. Uh, we did top last week in the bull calves at 540. That was on Monday. Beef calves very strong also, 350 to 750, up to 800 on Monday last week, a week ago. So we'll see what happens We'll see what happens today, and we'll move ahead. Tomorrow, too, the auction does start at 10 o'clock with the hay and bedding auction. 11 o'clock will be the market auction tomorrow. And don't forget, folks, we do sell organic cattle every Tuesday. Now, this not only includes organic cows. If you've got organic steers or heifers or anything that's organic, we'll do those tomorrow again. Uh, again, that'll be at 11 o'clock. Our auction on Wednesday gets around 10, 10.30. We get started on Wednesday uh, for marketing day, including sheep, hog, and goats. Most of our fed cattle also sold on Wednesday. And uh, feeder cattle will be at 12.30. Our Thursday auction does start at 11 o'clock. And before we uh, sign off this morning, do want to mention, folks, you can check this on our website. Uh, this will be coming up not this week, but next week, Wednesday, November 1st, here at Equity Stratford. Uh, her dispersal of certified organic black Angus cattle. So, I mean, it's uh, some really very good black Angus cattle. Uh, they will be coming uh uh, from the uh, Red Clover family farm here. And, uh, again, the cows will be sold along with the heifers, and this will all be uh, next Wednesday. Now, that will be November 1st, so you can take a look at the website and uh, make plans for that. That will be at 1230 Wednesday, November 1st. So, and, uh, Kristen, I guess that's all we have this morning, and uh, we'll send it back to you ladies, and you enjoy the day. And uh, just kind of going to be a rainy sort of a blah day, huh? Yep, it's going to be a rainy week. So stay in. Well, you 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 know you don't have to stay inside. Take an umbrella with you just in case, and have a great day. Well, you also, and thank you much. We'll talk to uh, we'll talk to Bob tomorrow. Sounds good. Catch you later. Sure. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. This morning on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program, once again, Dr. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, is with us. And, Dan, here we're at the 23rd of October, and for all intents and purposes, we really haven't had any frost yet. What does that mean as far as uh, taking another cutting as we get towards the end of October here? Normally, we've had frost. Well, that's right, Bob. But a couple things to think about. First, uh, the killing frost is not 32. It's four hours of 24 degrees, so we need considerably colder temperature than we've been having to really have a killing frost. The second thing is uh, a fall like this with uh, days in the 60s and nights around 40 is uh, a perfect 
set of conditions for winterizing the alfalfa. We need two or three weeks of these kind of temperature fluctuations to allow alfalfa to change from its summer form to its winter form as completely as possible. The membranes change, a number of other things, but if we have a really warm fall and then a sudden cold snap, that alfalfa isn't very winter hardy. But if we have uh, three or more weeks of temperatures like we've been having, then that alfalfa is more ready for the winter. Now, having said that, the idea of a late fall cutting is not the worst idea in most cases. We uh, have more winter-hardy varieties than we used to have. The price of the haylage is high. It will be saleable or usable on your farm if you're short. And so the idea of taking this late fall cutting in most cases is a good idea. The other thing is that taking a late fall cutting will reduce the winter survival of alfalfa weevil, which we had a terrible time with last year in, in many cases. Won't eliminate it, but will reduce the problem. So the main thing to keep in mind is we do not need a killing frost for this last harvest. We simply need it to be cold enough after we harvest the alfalfa accumulate less than 200 growing degree days, or in other words, so the plant doesn't regrow significantly and use up root carbohydrates. It's oftentimes better haymaking conditions before a killing frost than it is in the days after a killing frost. So I encourage people to uh, listen to the weatherman, and when it looks like the 10-day forecast is... Uh, might include a killing frost, that's a very good time to go out and harvest the alfalfa to put up the hay or haylage or baleage and then to have that extra hay on supply. Well, the one thing to keep in mind if one is thinking about selling some of the hay is that making uh, half-ton square bales makes it worth about $50 more a ton and if we put the hay in round bales because of transport difficulties. So it's good to think ahead a little bit about what you're going to do with the hay. If you can use it yourself, that's wonderful and helpful. If you're going to sell it, you might as well put it in a package that makes it most saleable. Absolutely. So, again, it's that time of the year, the last cutting. Get it done. Dan Undersand, our state forage specialist, with us on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, well, let's take a look at our weather this morning again. Looks like today is going to have showers this morning and then cloudy later on with a high of 60 tonight. Cloudy and a chance of thunderstorms with a low of 51 degrees. We've got tomorrow showers and thunderstorms with a chance of hail tomorrow. We're looking at a high of 70 tomorrow night. Showers and thunderstorms, 55. Wednesday, cloudy, 63 degrees, and then Wednesday night, chance of rain. Right now, we're at 47 degrees in Eau Claire. And looking at our markets one last time for this Monday morning, on the Chicago Board of Trade, your December corn was up a fraction at 496. December oats up a penny at 383. November beans were down six at 1295. December soybean meal down $4.10 a ton to 419.80 a ton. Your December wheat was up a fraction at 586. 
Switching over to those country elevators in the area, we've got Golden Plump in Arcadia at 463 for corn. Baldwin is at 446 and 1215. Wheaton Grain in Chippewa Falls is at 441 and 1225. Wheaton Grain in Connersville, 446 and 1220. Durand is at 441 and 1205. Mondovi's at 446 and 1210. Elmwood's at 451 and 1215. Fall Creek is at 441 and 1205. Osseo's at 456 for corn, 1215 for beans. Northside and Loyal is at 451 and 1217. Northside and Arcadia, 451 for corn, 1227 for beans. Elk Mound is at 441 and 1225. Sparta's at 447 and 1211. Ellsworth is at 431 and 1195. As in all plants in the area, Boyceville's at 455, Stanley's at 456, New Richmond's at 451. And the dairy side, barrel cheese was up a penny to $1.71. Your blocks were down two and a half cent to $1.78 and three quarters. Your double A grade butter was down three and three quarter cent to three thirty six. And then your class three futures for October were up a penny at sixteen eighty eight. November down thirty four cents to eighteen twelve. December down thirty three cents to eighteen oh nine. January down 35 cents to 1815. February down 23 cents to 1840. And then those markets were double digits downward into next fall. That's a look at your morning markets. Looking at a high of 60 degrees today. So get up, get at it, and enjoy your day. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.